evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. the show tonight. We've got Mr. Paul Thorpe. Hilda Prize on the show. Mr. Sarcastic, Rick Hyde's here as well. And I might stick a few pennies in. Good evening everybody, I hope you've had an absolutely fantastic Christmas and it's good to have you back in the, on the uh, scene again as it were and here we are, football, bloody hell. So we're joined tonight by Mr Paul Thorpe, good evening Paul. Good evening and Merry Christmas to all our listeners, I hope you've all had a great one and uh, got lucky on the presents. Exactly. And Hilda, hello Hilda. Hello mate, good to be back. Happy Christmas everyone, etc, yeah. etc. Et back in the old routine, <laughs> eh? And Rick, hello there mate, you alright? Ho, ho, ho. That was me being Christmassy. Hello, <laughs> happy Christmas everyone. Well, that's... The old Grinch is back in the eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's staggering. Back to normal. <laughs> Well, oh, Scrooge in the corner. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, have we all had a good Christmas? Oh, dear. Yes. Good. Fine yeah. presents, fine wine, yeah, yeah, far fine. too much to eat. Um, yeah, it's been very, very good. Thank you very much. Very good. Even the games have been good. Well, that's okay then. That's okay. Well, let's try and talk about football if we can. Um, I suppose we'd better start at the top. And. Uh, Manchester City don't seem to be letting up at all, do they? 6-3. Although apparently Leicester City gave them a bit of a fright, scoring two or three goals in about ten minutes or something, when it suddenly looked as though they were absolutely walking it. But uh, 6-3 nonetheless is a pretty good scoreline. What do you think, lads? It's, well, well it, it's another three points towards their goal, which is winning the championship. But it's, um, it was a little bit of a fright. I think they just took the foot of the gas and all of a sudden Leicester came alive played the football we all know they can and, um, you know, and, and got back to uh, the 4-3 you know, and, and was really pushing. But, you know, again, the, the Man City are so good, they upped up their game again and um, and got a vital win, which now puts them six points clear. Um, Liverpool got the game in hand, but uh, they're still looking very strong, uh, Man City, with their depth of squad, or both depths of squads. It's going to be very interesting to see um, the fight for the title. 
Rick, what do you think? Especially when you when you consider that um, City did it with uh, two of their <coughs> members of their team on the naughty step. Who would have thought it would have been Jack Grealish and Phil Foden? Who'd have thought? What are the chances of that, eh? Wow, there you but go. Apart, but even without those two, they're, they're playing really well. They're just playing Man City football, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they, they do. They do move the ball around so yeah. sweetly and very, very quickly around the park that, you know, defending against them must be uh, like doing six hours of overtime. You know what I mean? It's uh, It must be extremely difficult to defend against them. The way they whip those crosses in behind the back line is, is um, it, it must be so difficult. So, um, yeah, they are looking very, very strong. It's that classic, classic Man City goal, isn't it? Lots of passes and then... The tap in at the far post. I mean, yeah. Raheem Sterling, he's just gone past 100 goals. All the ones he scored for Man City, I don't know if any of them were outside the six yard box because he's always on the end of that move. And Mares is on, on fire when couldn't get in the team. And now he's come back and he's what he scored four in five. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost like the tender, like, uh, so he, he may be, we're all saying, oh, he might be out of form or not, but he's not out of form. Maybe he's just resting them. Maybe that's what Could they're. Be so good at, you know, so when you've got to have three or four games rest now, you know, yeah. just do the training, don't have the games, don't have that, we've got a luxury of the squad, it's so big, you're going to have four or five games out and then come back really refreshed and, you know, off and running again. It's just, um, it's an incessant machine, isn't it, that uh, he's got going there and uh, the ability to keep them motivated and the will to win. Um, and, and obviously we've seen his, his documentaries, the way he's, what he's like in, you know, in the dressing room, it's just a phenomenal package that they've got there at the moment, which is frightening for other teams because, you know, I think Liverpool are actually not playing, I would say, exceptional football. Well, they're certainly playing good football and, you know, they're, they're sort of like a scored 50 goals the same, um, the same as Man City um, with a game to go. You know, and it's like, we're really like thinking, what have we got to do to get in front of them? It's got to be what? frustrating, hasn't it? You play well and play well and think you're on top of your game. And they're still just that bit ahead of you. Yeah, and what's, what's annoying as well is talking about the squad rotation is that a, a, three or four weeks ago, we were talking about Bernardo Silva being one of the best players in the Premier League and the best mm. that he's produced. And since then, I put him in my fantasy team and he hasn't scored or assisted because of the way that they do their rotation policy. So um, maybe that's more, uh, more on me. But just touching on the game itself, I, I don't know what you boys thought um, or if you watched the game, but... If I was a City fan, I'd be feeling the same as I did as a Liverpool fan watching the Spurs match, which is you had every single emotion. Because in the first half, they looked absolutely scintillating when they went 4-0 up. And just touching on the rotation of City, but considering they conceded three goals in 10 minutes and Leicester City have got about nine first-team players out, Leicester did really well to even get to that point, or you could look at it and say that City completely switched off for that amount of time. <laughs> but Leicester City's problem, regardless of who they get to put on the pitch at the moment, they cannot defend set pieces, and they'll be so disappointed that what put Man City further in front was two goals from corners. And in yeah. the end, that, um, that's what Brendan Rodgers' problem's been with Leicester all season on the flip side, and probably why they're sort of not able to be pushed up to the top six um, at the moment. To be fair, though, also, when he was manager in Liverpool, it was it was one of our real chips on our shoulder that we kept on 
you know, uh, letting goals in from set plays, corners. I used to think, oh, there's another corner. Are, they, are we going to let a goal in? And uh, we just couldn't seem to find that uh, rigidity that we need from set play. And the thing is, everybody's up on it now, so it's gonna they're going to have to sort it out. Otherwise, it's the go-to strategy mm. for anybody playing Leicester. You know, just put the ball in the in a six yard. I mean, Absolutely. They played, do you not they think played a though, Marty that... and Vestergaard? Do you, not, do you not think, though, that a lot of these teams, when they play, well, certainly City and, and to a certain degree Liverpool as well, are beaten before they start? That they, they just go out onto the pitch and think, oh, God, we're playing City, we're going to get mullered this time. And and very often that's what happens. And, you know, it's, it's, it's up to the managers to try, and, to try and, and mentally prepare them better. Because, you know, I would have thought that... that uh, Whilst the skill element might be different between the three, three or four teams, you know, generally the, the, the style of play and you know their general ability, they they are obviously past a certain point, past a certain level, and then it's a question of of. of but to a certain extent, don't you, it depends on the attitude of the manager. But if you were playing Man City and you were one of the say the bottom half of the table, you can either concede that you're going to get defeated and, and going to it with no hope or look at it as a free hit you can go out yeah. and, and have a right go at them if you get expecting to lose anyway yeah. that would be the perfect opportunity I would have thought to you know really have a run at City because mm. what have you got to lose you're expected to lose anyway yeah no that's a good point Rick and, and... yeah I certainly think that, that that's 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 very true very true I'll tell you what was evident actually Mark, watching the games on the weekend was the Crystal Palace um, Arsenal game because you know, like, like you said, the mentality of going um, and playing these top sides. You know, Palace have been playing some amazing football lately. Mm. You know, and um, you know, them. I thought looking at that game, I had this feeling that their mentality was very defensive. <coughs> you know, maybe the manager wasn't there. He must have set the team up a certain way. You know, the assistant manager has got a tremendous success, not only with Wales in the European Championships when he was number two there, but other other football clubs. And I was really, really surprised to see they're not actually really take Arsenal on in an attacking form. Look, we've all said in the past that it takes absolute balls to play a high pressing line, you know. But when you do it well as a team, you know it does show real big uh, dividends. West Ham have done it superbly well. Um, Crystal Palace have been a revelation for me this year, and um, with certain players that they've got. Um, you know, and, and I was very disappointed with their their mentality and the way they set up against the Arsenal. Because to me, I actually thought, blooming hell, they go defensive, they're going to try for a draw, and actually, I think they're already beaten. You know, and to lose the way they did, for me, was disappointing. Is I know it's a bit of a possible rare example, but Leeds tried that against Man City and lost seven <laughs> 0 yeah, but the, Leeds, to be fair, you look at their squad, they're absolutely decimated. And they've had twice, they've had 15-year-olds on the bench. And, no, that's fine. You, you know, he, he didn't say, I'm, I'm going to try and get the game called off. He said, I've got a squad, you know, I've got some uh, decent 15-year-olds that can, but unfortunately, I've nearly put them on. You know, so they, they, they I, I, I feel for them a little bit. Um, not that I tell many Leeds fans that, but, you know, I do feel a little <laughs> bit for them. And, um example there. Did you mean Arsenal Palace? Because I don't think I realised Arsenal played Palace or if I got Who that Who did wrong. Palace play on the weekend? Oh, Spurs. Spurs, sorry. 
do apologise. Got the team wrong. Got the team wrong. We were talking about the right, the same. My, deep, my deepest apologies. I had asked all fifteen ahead, but yeah, it was a Tottenham, Tottenham game. You know, <laughs> But talking of Arsenal, which we which we were, am I not right in thinking that Arsenal were virtually bottom of the table uh, after I don't know three or four weeks of the league, games, yeah, and suddenly yeah. now they're they're fourth from top? I mean, what's going on there? How's you managed to turn it around so well? Well, like any team, I think that it's um, it's about embedding your players in, getting a decent squad, but making sure the players know what they're doing. Now it's taken him quite a long time, I think, to get there. You know, and they're also talking about, um, you know, are, are the club going to back him in the transfer window in January, like, you know, so he can in, so he can enforce what he's trying to do, get the type of players in that he wants to actually make that push for the top four, which for them would be a tremendous season because, like you say, they had an absolutely horrendous time. And I, I've got to say, I've got my hands up, I had him down for the first manager to be stacked. But he's done a fantastic, um, uh, fantastic work on the training ground. He's got his players and mentality right. He's got some youngsters coming through who are extremely exciting, and um, for me, it's looking bright for them. You know, and now I think he's 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 actually owning a top four place. Do you think there's anything as well in the fact that Arteta's come out and been so strong about the Aubameyang situation? Because since then, you could think that like. You know, as a player, it might cause some sort of adverse effect. If there's players in the squad that are also have good relationships or whatever, but he's been very sort of uh, clear on his stance right from the start. It doesn't yeah. seem to have caused any effect at all. No, if 100%. the players have chosen a side, they've, they've chosen the managers, haven't they? Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been very vocal, very power. I think it's absolutely disgraceful that these players at top clubs should even. Uh, bring that into the club, and I think it's despicable that it's actually happened at some of the top clubs in Brit in Britain. And I actually take my hat off to to him the way he's actually treating, he's stripped him of the captaincy. And at the moment, he looks like a player who could be possibly on the way out. I'm not saying he's going to be, but it could be possibly on the way out in January. And that for me would be one hell of a positive. Uh, reaction to something that, that, that he's clearly saying I'm not going to stand for that yeah, excuse, and, excuse you know, me and, and what, what is that what, what are we talking what, what are they being accused of bringing into the club because I'm not quite sure myself I mean you know are they just are they just being arrogant are they just being awkward or is, is there more to it than that no, he's gone against club regulations you know they, they listen every 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 like um business, you know, as a code of conduct. And and the Bami Yang's obviously gone, you know, decided he wants to do what he wants to do, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, he's not performed as well he had, as what he did before he had his massive contract. Mm. He's obviously got the uh, the Billy Big Bollocks and uh, feels like he's bigger than everybody else. And that's my own personal opinion. We've seen this type of reaction before, you know, and he's gone against his club's policy. And I think that the manager has done absolutely, absolutely been bang on. In, in saying I'm not standing for that, you're not in the squad, you know. And um, I mean, I, I had some uh, when when I was sort of like trying to be a professional footballer. I had, you know, the likes of Colin Addison. I had to ter Terry Cooper, bless him, you know, uh, as manager. Now, you know, when when these guys spoke, uh, Len Ashurst was another one. 
You know, we had Brian Hall. When these guys spoke, Jerry Gow, I mean, all strong characters. And when they spoke, they were the manager. You gave them a, a level of respect, you know, and I see that level of respect, maybe because there's the amount of money in the game now that these are all multi-millionaires, and that there's some attitudes turning up in the football, and I don't like it. You know, we, we talked about characters in football, and, um, you know, there. Uh, I think, where is the... I mean, Steve, I was talking to Steve Rutty yesterday, and... You know, congratulating on him going up high up the league and um, talking about him and Yanni and where where's it all going and he said where's the characters gone for being you know in in in, in football and uh, they're so robotic and uh, you know and, and it's true where are the last characters is it back but that's what pe- that's what people wanted didn't they they wanted professionalism and with professionalism comes dullness you look at snooker in the eighties Steve Davis the epitome of professionalism. Yeah. But he was the antithesis of your natural flair of Alex Higgins, Jimmy White, and whatever. It's just different ways of going at it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was called interesting Steve Davis. He was, like, Steve so, You know what I mean? You know, and it's, yeah, listen, you can be professional, but, you know, for me, the characters coming through, Jack Breelist is showing a little bit of character now. Um, but it's still very robotic. I mean, you know, in my day, the f- the players used to go in the bar after the game and, and talk to the fans. You know, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a Yeovil Town player up in that bar talking to any of the fans. For me, that's disappointing because you lose that attachedness. And I've always said, you know, with the, the likes of league football and non-league football, the beauty of non-league football was the fact that they had a connection with mm. the players. I remember, and I was still hugely friendly with lots of the Trobish Town fans, you know, I'm on Facebook with them, and which is like, you know, one's up in North Wales, and, you know, one's up in London now, and one's down in Pompey, and, you know, and they get in touch with me now and again, and we had a good old chat and whatnot, and it's nice to see, and that's the the closeness and and the beauty of non-league football, where, like, when you go into the league, for me, you lose that attachedness. You lose it a little bit, you know, because, you know, Yolwood Town are in in a a conference, and the National League is, is now, and, you know, I still don't see those players really getting in touch with, you know, in, in, in with real connections with the, a, a lot of the fans. And, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's it, for me, it's very, very sad to see that uh, that, that sort of gap uh, in you between. People, Sorry? You're a man of the people. Well, to me, th- listen, I, I was always uh, very grateful for what I, what I was given and the opportunities that I was given to play the game I love to play, and um, and I wouldn't change my, uh, you know, love to have played higher, but I wouldn't have changed anything for the world. I had an amazing time, you know. But it's uh, but to me, those fans are really, really important, you know. And, and that's why I like to jump in a crowd when I scored a goal because I felt part of them, and they, you know, they they embraced me, and that the re- and they embraced me because I felt that I had a big heart, and you know, and and, and um, didn't happen often then, Thorpey. No, not very often. No, but it did happen. It was really, really special. And um, you know, when you have that connection, and you, you know, I can still talk to all the fans going through the town centre. It drives my missus crazy because it takes me flipping an hour longer to do the shopping in Tesco's. But I've got to, I've got to give those people the time, uh, time to have a little chat because they were really important to me. Like, and I think that it's it's sad to see that connection leaving. Well, that I guess I say that gap. Uh, in between the fans and the players, and I'd love to see that brought back into football. I think you're right, though. I can remember when I first watched Yeovil Town, and I'm going back into the days of Ben Smith playing and um, 
Did oh, you yeah. jump in the crowd? Uh, pardon? <laughs> Did you ever jump in the crowd? <laughs> but, but I didn't know jumping into the fans, no. But uh, having said that, um, it was good to go into the bar after the game and you had the opportunity to speak to the players and, and discuss it. And, and, you know, if you wanted to take a little bit of take the mickey out of them, they didn't they didn't object to it. And if, if you were civil, they'd be civil sort of thing. And now, as you rightly say, it doesn't... And I, I can't yeah. ever see it happening either. Um, whether that's because the management don't well, encourage it or not... But at the level that yoga are at now, don't you think it would be a good thing just to have, like Thorpe, Thorpe be saying, that connection? Because I remember years ago when uh, you used to do the the music, the halftime music at, at Yeovil and whatever, doing the same thing, going to the bar, and that, that was around a, a really good time for the club, Gary's first period there. Yeah. And the players were all accessible. Yeah. yeah. And that, that must have been a good thing, the whole get everybody together and united. It was good. Just on that, what was it like, though, with a defeat? Because obviously with the social media age and everything that we're at, was there ever any danger that if you just say you did have a, a, a bad one and it was a 4-0 defeat or anything, was there ever any danger of not wanting it's... to see fans because of what the reaction might be? No, 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 no. We, 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 we discussed um, it. We discussed it. Okay. We were crap today. Like, you know, everybody's allowed to have a bad day. And uh, just so I remember playing... Oh, it's funny, I remember playing against um, Tottenham in a in a testimonial and I came on sub second half and I was, it's probably the worst, worst I've ever played in my whole entire life. And I still had to go up in that bar afterwards and I still had to face fans and I still had to have that discussion about how bad I was. But that's, it still haunts, that's me. It still, it still haunts me to this day. How well, that's, bad that's I the was. thing. If, but if somebody wanted to say that to you, there's a difference between saying it to you face to face in a bar yeah. Yeah. Then there is getting on your phone or on your keyboard, being a little keyboard warrior, and it's all—it's yeah. far more vitriolic if it's done that way. If it's yeah. something that you've got to actually say to somebody's face, yeah. that's a completely different, completely different matter, different situation, totally. Yeah, I remember Richard Deutsch being there that, that, that night. He'd done my testimonial, and he started off and I was actually embarrassed to go and speak to him, but I knew I had to, and uh, you know, it hurt me so much how bad I was. I was just actually, I just. I wasn't feeling that great before the game, and it just got worse. And it's one of those days; it just got worse and worse. I couldn't pass water. I kept giving the ball away. We got, you know, we, we were trying. We weren't brilliant second half. And even though people say, "Oh, it was only a testimonial game," it took to players. It bloody well mattered, and uh, you know, and, and and I still have nightmares about it now. But you know, it, it, it is what it is. You learn by it, and you can't always be, especially when you play at our level. You can't always be bloody brilliant, and it's just impossible. And some days you have those off days, and I had just one of those off days, which was just horrendous. Did you ever have no. a testimonial? Because it does seem to be something that's yes. a bit more past thing now. No, I had a testimonial, which uh, the, the, the Glenn Hoddle, bless him, uh, brought down Swindon. And we played on a foggy Monday night, and I had 1,650 people there. And, and, I, and I, I wanted to shake everyone's hand. It was just phenomenal. No one um, could see it in the fog. No, 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 it wasn't that foggy. No. I mean, I, at the time, at the time, I broke the record. And I actually, I mean, I'm quite open about it. I, I, in my testimonial year in 1991, uh, I got just over £13,500 tax-free, which was okay. a phenomenal effort. Like, you know, and, um, a lot of money back then. It's, uh, oh, yeah, but when, you're, when, you're, when your mortgage is only sixty four grand at the time and, you know, yeah. and, and we were building our lives together and, 
you know, and uh, it was a phenomenal amount of money for, 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 for so I mean, I'm, I'm, obviously I'm open about it. Everybody knows, everybody knew at the time, which was all in the papers. It's not like hidden, like it's hidden agenda, you know, that, and uh, it was a phenomenal effort from my committee because, you know, my committee brought it all together. I just had to turn up because I'm not allowed to have anything part of uh, the organisation because that's like earning your money and then it would have to be taxable. But, um, you know, I can't thank the club more enough and the fans as well for, um, you know, embracing that. And also there was people turning up, uh, turn up and asking me to do events for me. And, uh, you know, that amount, that allowed this amount of money to get bigger and bigger. And, um, um, yeah, it was, it, was a cra- it was a crazy, crazy time, but a fun time as well. And I can only thank Ben Oddle for... Um, for, for bringing Swindon down. We were in the apprenticeship at the time. And, um, Do you think, though, that the, the, the fact that, that clubs in general, there is a, a general sort of lack of longevity in contracts these days, and that, to a certain extent, when yeah. you look at the, the increase in money, uh, is, is perhaps pretty yeah. obvious, because, you know, if you have a... I know, you know, your real top stars, they, they dedicate it all to, to charity, which is great. But, charity, but yeah. you know, there yeah. there are footballers in in League Two, in League One, and even the Championship, I guess, who are not going to do that. But they're not really going to ever have, have a chance to have a testimonial because they don't have a contract, you know, a long enough contract to be there for ten years. Journeyman pros for them, didn't they? And they never I certainly think. Yeah, I certainly think that, that, that it's less it's less likely to happen. It's obviously more likely to happen at a lower level now than it is at a top level. Um, Sometimes you you get these uh, players that stay at the top level, the odd one or two now. But it used to be quite a quite a big thing. I mean, Noel Quinn was the, uh, the the first one really to give all of his testimonial money away to charity because he said, "How much money do I does one person need for one lifetime? I've got enough for three lifetimes." And um, no, Thorpe, yeah. do you have to have been at that? Is there like a criteria of where you have to have been at a club for a certain amount of time? So just for example, yes. you can Ten, have. You could have a very good career and have mm. three there, two years there, three years there, for example. And if the yeah. last club said, we want to do a testimonial to celebrate your whole career, no. or does it just no. Like that? no, it doesn't work like that. You have to, in the football league, you have to be a, a league club for 10 years. And in non-league, you have to be there for seven years. So I got it in my, in my eighth year. So, um... Uh, so I was granted it. Brian Moore was, I believe, uh, chairman at the time, and they bless them. They got together and they came back and they said I'd been granted a testimonial year, and um, it, yeah, it was a special time. It was nice it's to be able. 1991, to... Paul. I was there. No, uh, yeah, so I was 84, and then they sold me in to Dorchester in 1991. So uh, uh, I wasn't um, born in 92. <laughs> I know, yeah, so it shows how old I am, old twat, you know, so, but yeah, so for me, it was, um, because I've I've always been very honest, you know, not the most accomplished footballer, just somebody with a big heart who just wanted to love playing football, and um, to be able to stay at a club for that long, and earn earn a decent, a decent wage, and, um, you know, and to be acknowledged by, by the fans is is very, very special, uh, and very close to my heart, and, uh, I've been lucky enough to have that at a few clubs, even though at non-league level. And uh, you know, it's uh, it was uh, it, for me, for me, very, very special to be able to do do that in my life. Well, it is a good quiz question. Can you remember the last Yeovil Town player that was at Yeovil for longer than five years? Because I can't. 
probably somebody like Warren Patmore. Warren Patmore had a testimonial? Yeah, he did actually against Blackburn Rovers because I, I was involved oh. in it. Only, yeah. only smashed it, didn't I? Yeah. But, 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 but I mean, you, you take the point though. I mean, generally, I can't, I don't think any, I think they lost by 8 0 or something yeah. from memory. But you can't, I can't remember any Yeovil Town player that's been there for more than about, that stays for more than two years these days. I mean, and I'm going back probably 10 years at least. Well, I'll tell you, the, the, the last one's got to be, actually saying that, got to be Terry Skinnerton, isn't it? Yeah. Got to be Terry Skinnerton. Yeah. And then you had obviously, in one capacity or other. Did you go to Darren Ways against Man United Reserves or something Darren, like that? Yeah, Darren Way. Yeah, but Darren Ways wasn't a testimonial, it was a benefit game because of the accident he was involved in. Accident, yeah. So that wasn't a testimonial yeah. in, the, in the accepted sense. But I know Warren, Warren's I was know definitely. How long he's been there. Uh, um, uh, was Blackburn Rovers? I remember that, and it was. <laughs> I think they lost about sort of nine or ten nil. It was. It was a embarrassing defeat, basically. But um, they, you know, there was a few people there. Perhaps not as many as you would have expected. I think. Look, looking back on it, See, my, my, mine was actually a very very exciting nil nil draw. Oh right, <laughs> it was quite a good game actually. It was uh, people saying oh, it was a really good game, but it was nil nil. So I was unfortunately, uh, um, and it was five weeks after my first cartilage operation. So. Um, bless them, they, cut, they, they did um, a miraculous uh, trim my cartilage and I had a machine work in my knee when I woke up, which was extremely painful. But that sort of saved me sort of three weeks rehabilitation. Then when I got back into rehabilitation, um, I worked extremely hard to get me back uh, to, a, to a level where I could actually play on the night, which I ended up playing 90 minutes. Couldn't they fix it so that you scored, mate? That's a bit off. I, I did have been one nil. Yeah, yeah, penalty. Yeah, disgraceful. That's disgraceful. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> at, at half time, Steve Wright said, I want, I, I want a result now. So he's taking it seriously, though, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. All, all good fun. All good fun. But just quickly, you said about Swindon Town. Yes. Uh, do you have to have a connection with the team that you're playing in a testimonial, or can you just, do you just put the feelers out to see who's going to come? Very much, yeah, very much. We put the feelers out for um, memorabilia, which, you know, we, we, we were lucky to get quite a lot of stuff from Liverpool. Uh, we didn't get something from Everton, but Manchester United, they sent us something down, and some club Arsenal, and we were able to do some auctioning, and um, uh, Richard okay. Dijon's had some fantastic stuff from some of the stars, which he did on a night at the Octagon Theatre for me, and um, we had a fantastic night there, and he did a massive auction, Kiki D., um, the Red Arrows did some stuff. Um, the Red Arrows in the Octagon? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How did they, they do that? Around, they, they flew around and came in with a couple of swoop dives. They, they don't do that for everyone. Well, out the they front door as well, did they? Up, <laughs> all signed up, which they very rarely did. So that was um, that was nice. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was they didn't have planes. They were just walking in formation. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How they practice. <laughs> All but it takes you back, though, doesn't it, Paul? I mean, you know, you, you've been a professional footballer for as long as you probably could have been, bearing in mind your legs and everything else. But, I mean, it, it, it's yeah. nice to be able to it's sit there now and, and, and think back about it and think, well, you know, that was part of my life and it's a huge part of your life, really. And and it and you can still gain, you know, I'm sure you gain some satisfaction being able to sit there and talking about it. Oh, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, like sometimes... Sometimes you catch a uh, an old uh, fan of our era and um, and their sons, and they're talking about it, and uh, then we start talking 
talking about some of the memories that we have. And then sometimes you actually get caught out and think, oh, yeah, I remember that now, like, and... Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fond memories. And I think that if you're a footballer, if you can take away some amazing memories, um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have a championship at, at Newport County, a cup at Newport County, a, you know, won a, a, a league at um, Yeovil, about uh, technically a treble. You know, at uh, Dorchester, we didn't really get to the heights, but we got close. At Trowbridge Town, we won two Wiltshire Cups against beating Swindon in once on the way to the semi-final, once in the final with quite a few pro, you know, top pros playing for them. Um, and then three championships at Taunton um, and two semi-final FE Vases. So it's been fairly, fairly successful times. And, um, you know, it's, if you can if you can take that away from your career and they can remember all those lovely memories, then, then that's something that's special. And, you know, some people don't get the opportunity to win one, one title, let alone, you know, maybe two or three. So it's... Um, yeah, yeah, and obviously we did the the changing up at Froome where we got them from first from like uh, second from bottom of the league to a championship two years seasons later. But I think the thing is, Paul, it's the memories, isn't it? I mean, I never played professional football, but when I got the job yeah. at the Oval Town, there there are two. Looking back on it now, there there is there's probably a dozen of, of really sort of vivid memories that I've got, but there are two in particular that jumped back at me. One was when um, Yeovil beat Stevenage in the FA Trophy at Villa Park, and I was there taking yeah. pictures and rushing yeah. around trying to do my job. And Skivo grabbed hold of me and pulled me onto the pitch, got the trophy, and got somebody to take a picture of me and him, which uh, that was really yeah, so that that was brilliant of him to do that. And then secondly, of course, to to be able to go onto the pitch at Wembley. After we'd beaten Brentford, I mean, God, I'd never forget yeah, that. Amazing. What a you know! Suddenly we were in the in the Championship, and and there was you know stewards trying to get me off because they'd have the right pass or something, and there was Skimmo yeah. and Darren Way telling these stewards where to go. But there were memories, and and <laughs> you know, I I can't live on the sort of memories that you have, but I've got my own definition of those memories and it it's something that will never never leave me and uh, you know i'd consider myself to be really privileged to have had a job like that for 15 years yeah well that's what it's about i mean like, you know, I, I, i've always said like i wish i could play football now i mean i, I still love the game and uh which is unfortunately the knees the hips the back weren't allowed to do it and the head but um but so you've got your memories and this is the most most uh, you don't want to go on about them too long, but when you do get a little chance, then obviously it's like this is fantastic. And um, you know, and uh, I was only talking to Steve and Alexander, who's uh, still trying to, to link up with the club at the moment. But he's, uh, you know, we were talking about some of our incidences that that went on, good and bad. And um, you know, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's fun times, fun times behind the scenes. Right, well, chats. Well, this isn't behind the scenes. This is actually live again, just as long as you know and you don't put your foot in it again, gentlemen. Um, yeah, we 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 did actually say that we were going to um, uh, spend some of the time today, as we're sort of, I suppose, roughly halfway through the season. I don't know exactly how far we are, but must be getting on for that aspect, wouldn't you think? Um, that we ought to perhaps um, be requested to give our our assessment of of what we think the league is going to end up with at the end of the season. So um, that seemed like a good idea yeah, at the too. time. So um, the question is, who's going to start first? Well, Thorpey's been droning on for the last half hour, so we'll wait, he'll wait till last. Um, 
Hilda, I think it's your turn to go first, really. So and I'm going to write all this down so that at the end of the season we can drag this right. up again and we can see who was the most <laughs> accurate and who wasn't. Okay? So, Hilda, who's going to finish in the top six? Okay, so I think Manchester City will come first as it stands. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to caveat everything with as it stands on the 27th of December. <laughs> um, I've got Liverpool in second, Chelsea in third, and now between Spurs, United and Arsenal, I'm really undecided on how I think it's going to finish. But how I've got it at the moment is Spurs, United, Arsenal. So Spurs, fourth, United, fifth, Arsenal, sixth. But it's difficult to say at the moment, purely because we'll have a little bit of a chat on it once we've heard about everyone else's. But Conte and Spurs looks like it could be something that is good enough to get them at least Champions League football. Ranić at United, we, we still don't really know yet at the moment how that's going to work out. Arteta's done really well at Arsenal at the moment, but you know that they can sink like a stone as well as win about six or seven on the trot. So that's just what I'm picking out as it stands at the moment, and they're my reasons. <laughs> OK, so City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, United and Arsenal, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. I can't, Nothing doesn't work. I can't... Okay. No, exactly. I can't hear your <laughs> nod. Knocking <laughs> it in, listener. Right, well, let, let, let's go to Mr Sarcasm himself, Rick. Come on, Rick, what do you reckon? Oh. Uh, the fact that top two will be particularly dull and nobody cares. City, then Liverpool. Chelsea, I think, are going to break away from that but still be far enough away from everyone else that they'll have third. United will finish fourth. West Ham fifth and Arsenal sixth because Spurs are Spurs. And if they can find a way of cocking it up, they will. <laughs> I hope. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> but they will put pressure on, and that's the closest they'll come to winning a winning a trophy. It's, it's funny seeing Spurs play really well at the weekend. Reminded me just how annoying it is when Spurs play really well. Mm. So hopefully we don't see too much more of that. Conte at some point. We don't, Conte at some we point will implode. Did it ruin your Christmas, Rick? <laughs> Did it ruin your Christmas? No, I wouldn't give them that satisfaction. But um, I think the lack, the lack of... I got, United are on tonight, and it's, was it, two weeks since they last played? Yeah. So nobody, nobody knows what a United side under Ralph really is going to look like, and you'll probably get the first glimpse of it tonight because he's had about two weeks to work with the squad. And the thing is that you've... I don't know, the players that... Are at Manchester United, they've got to finish in the. You've got to they finish should. in the top four with that. Yeah, you should do, and and all the noises are positive and whatever. So I would be, given the situation, the league as it is at the moment, I'd be disappointed if they weren't in that top four. But I think Spurs will drop out of it, and I, I think West Ham will finish. Did I say fifth or sixth? Fifth. Hopefully they'll finish fifth. And you think Arsenal will drop like a stone as well? From where I they are now. Like, I don't think they're drop like a stone. I think they'll be up and down like a bride's nighty. So, um, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, can you? Because they, they're just as capable of losing three in a row 
as they are winning winning four or five in a row. So so that that inconsistency will probably kick them kick bite them on the bum at the end. But that's what I, that's what I reckon it'll be. And I think just the fact that City have got the stronger squad, they don't lose the element that Liverpool are going to lose. If it was just down to strongest eleven. Liverpool have probably got the strongest eleven. Well, they have. They got the strongest starting eleven in the league. But it, you don't win the league with eleven players. Yeah. So that's why that'll happen. Chelsea are finding excuses at the moment, but they're still a cut above everyone else. So they'll they'll be third on their own, I think. And United fourth. Okay. And the bottom three is still going to be Burnley, Leeds, and Newcastle. <laughs> well, you're upset all the Leeds supporters with that one. Right, well, I'll come up with mine next then. Um, much as it hurts me to say it, I can't help but sit and think that City will win it um, unless they sort of completely go to ratchet, which I can't really imagine. But the, Adrian, there is a positive with that. What's that? There is a positive with City when Liverpool don't win it. Well, that's true, yeah. That is true. And as soon as City win it, then Liverpool win it. Um, so, <laughs> secondly, this might surprise you, but I think Thomas... Thomas Tuchel is a good manager and, and I think that although Chelsea have had a bit of a dip in the last few weeks anyway I've got a feeling that Chelsea are going to really come on strong and I think Chelsea are going to come up second um, <clears throat> third well I suppose reluctantly one would have to say that the uh, bin dipper is going to come third um, although having said that I think they're going to suffer with the African Nations Cup and uh, I sincerely hope they're going to suffer anyway with the African Nations Cup. So I think they will finish third. Um, like you, I think United will finish fourth, Rick. I've got every every hope that they will. And, and as you say, we haven't really, really got a, a sniff of exactly how they're going to play on a consistent basis with Ralph because we've had two mm -hmm. games postponed, which we wouldn't have expected to. Um, and really tonight is, is, you know, it's going to be, hopefully we'll see... And we've got Varane back tonight. Um, Cavani's available tonight. Uh, I think, you know, if he, he starts to integrate them into the team as well, and Rashford's certainly been off the form lately, um, I think, you know, we could we could see even better than fourth. Pardon? I don't think you'll... I don't think you'll learn much tonight about what happened purely because even if United play really well, I just think Newcastle was so bad. It's perfect opposition for you. To get a good performance, ah, you could be right. You could be right, but but you know. Right. Um, having said that, uh, so that's fourth, and then um, I think Arsenal are probably going to come in uh, fifth um, again, because as Rick said, you know, you you, you never know what you're going to get with Arsenal. Um, they're playing really well at the moment. How long can they keep that sort of form up? I can't see them keeping it up as long as they might like to think they can. And um, Spurs, well, I guess it's got to be Spurs really in, in sixth place. So that's that's what I reckon. Thorpey? OK, so I have gone with, um, I think it's going to be close. I think Liverpool got one game uh, extra play. They've only played 18. Uh, they were 41, so that puts them uh, four points behind. But that one point is really, really important. I think even if they got win another game, uh, Man City have got to play really terrible. I don't see them doing that. I see them being strong. They've got a fantastic squad. So Man City first, 
Um, I think Thomas Tuchel is, is is a very good manager. I just think that Liverpool have got that extra bit of spark there at the moment. Um, I think Chelsea have probably got a little dip in form occasionally, and I'm hoping that will allow us to get second. So Chelsea then will become third. Um, now, the interesting bit... Now, I've got the... Arsenal were played 19, got 35 points, and where that that comes in a little bit, although Tottenham and Manchester United have only played 16, they are catchable, but I think they're in tremendous form. Now, if they back him in, in the tra- January transfer market, I could see him getting a little bit stronger. I think he's going to sort the Aubameyang uh, situation out. Uh, whether he gets rid of him or whether he comes back with a rejuvenated striker. And I think that he will then take the fourth place. It'd be interesting to see how, again, uh, Manchester United uh, embrace the transfer market. I think that they're going to, they, they, they must, I don't, you know, for the fans, I think they must back him, um, even though he's temp- temporarily the interim manager. So I've actually put Manchester United in fifth, fifth spot. Uh, I think they'll probably just miss out. I think they'll come with a strong run, but I think they're just going to miss out. And I think that the, the West Ham will drop out of it because of the actual games that um, Spurs and Man United have got in hand and uh, Man United are only one point behind. So I've actually gone for um, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United and then Spurs coming because I think they might have a little blip maybe for one or two games, which will be very critical at the time. And, of course, when you're at the top of the Premier League, you know, you can't, you know, one one little blip in, a, in, a, in maybe losing two points is very critical. So I think Man City have got that little bit of distance there already with those four points. I think Liverpool and Chelsea are still extremely strong. I think Manchester United have still got vulnerability at times, although they're still looking fairly good. Um, I think that may take a little bit of time to still to gel together. I think that's why they'll miss out. Sorry, guys. Okay. Disappoint you, but you're on the Thursday night league next year. You reckon, do? On Channel Five. <laughs> Marvelous. Mm. Well, we've well, experienced it before. I think next year you'll be. I think next. I think next year you'll be a lot stronger. A lot stronger. Sophie, there's there's one there's one vital flaw with your uh, Thursday night on Channel Five argument. It's that don't the winners of the Champions League automatically go in the competition next year? <laughs> oh, they do. Very there true. You go. There very, you go. very true. And that could That's be the wrong floor there. That's okay. <laughs> if it happens, I would gladly. If it happens, I would gladly give fifty pounds to any one of your charities, Rick. Okay. At the Rick Height Benevolent Fund is looking particularly in need of funds. <laughs> so, I'd be much appreciated. <laughs> Well, there we go. There's some interesting thoughts there, and I'm sure our listeners have probably got a few interesting thoughts. And by the way, listeners, if you ever feel the inexplicable need to get in touch with us, you can do by going to info at threevalleysradio.com. And I promise you faithfully, we will respond to you in some form or other. It might be totally uh, abusive. On the other hand, we might agree with you. But it's worth a go just to sort of have a go and get on to football bloody hell. So... Info uh, actually think. So, yeah. Uh, please, please, please let us know what you think it's going to be. And if it's anything, anybody gets it right, then uh, 
Could we not have a little prize of maybe bringing them on to one of our commentaries? For yeah, games like, like a Ford Focus or something. <laughs> Ford Focus. <laughs> 1974 for Ford Fiesta going available somewhere. Well, the, the... It would actually, talking talking about people getting in touch, it would be nice to hear from anyone that spent £2.50 on a poor Ford testimonial programme. Testimonial programme. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And have you still got well, maybe it? that could be the prize for. And they still got it, yeah. Obviously, they've yeah. got it framed, haven't they? Obviously. You know? Obviously. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but the, the, I will the, reimburse them if you send one of the listeners. Well, <laughs> rest assured, the list is in my little black book now, so it'll be there until the end of the season. At which point, we will have a look at it and we will revisit it before. Because um, next year we're going to have the World Cup in November, aren't we? Rob? Is it November or December? Anybody know? Yes, uh, it's in uh, December, isn't it? Yeah, well, last, week, last week in November and first two of December or something around that. Yeah. Because mm. we yeah. come back and start off with Christmas fixtures again after the World Cup. It's going mm. it's gonna to change, isn't it? It's going to change. The whole system, I, th- I think the so whole... I think the, um, I just think the whole season is going to, it's going to feel weird as we aim to get to, you know, we'll, we'll finish the season in, in May or whenever we do. And then we'll start another one, knowing full well that this World Cup's going to be right slap bang in the middle of it, which to me well, is, is, is Adrian, very strange. When was, Hello. when was the last time we had a normal season? Because the last two seasons have been yeah. all over the place. And then this season looked like it was going to be normal and we're currently getting uh, postponements all over the shop. So maybe that's the, that's a new normal. Well, I suppose. Does, anybody, yeah, you does could... anybody know how it work? with the National League. So, obviously, the top flight isn't going to run concurrently. But just for example, AD, getting my excuses now, if you want me to cover Yeovil Town versus Boreham Wood, but England are playing Germany on the same day, then I'm not going to be commentating. <laughs> now, that is, well, that is provocative, to say the least. Well, if that's fair, because nobody would be listening either, Hilda. So, it sort of <laughs> evens itself out, doesn't it? Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to stop or not. It, it's a, you know, I, I, I jest, but obviously with a little bit of truth as well. But it'd be interesting to see if they do run at the same time or not. Well, there'd be a cut-off point somewhere, won't there? I can't believe that they would run them concurrently. I just can't believe they would do it because, it, as you rightly say, everybody's going to want to see the World Cup. You know, are you going to go and see go to Yeovil instead of watching England? Come on. Yeah. What what are the what are the kickoff times? I know I know it's. Uh, at that time of year, but what would the kickoff times be for matches during the World Cup? Sure, not sure. Yeah, if then the morning, then people would be free in the afternoon to obviously, or the evening to go and watch matches or whatever. Yeah, but surely they're going. Obviously, David. Yes, obviously, obviously, David, you do realise that we will be in Qatar commentating on all the England games. Isn't that right, Adrian? Oh, absolutely, Paul. <laughs> absolutely, mate. Yeah. Yeah, we'll fly out on our own little plane. <laughs> but <laughs> but talking of, of, of commentary at Yeovil and what I think of that, um, they came unstuck rather um, yesterday. Um, surprisingly, I thought 3-0 and two players sent off, apparently, one during the game, one after the game. Um, any last-minute thoughts on that? Because uh, I think it's upset the apple cart a little bit, that defeat. 
Yeah, it has upset it a little bit. I mean, listen, listen these things happen in football, sending offs and whatnot. The disappointing one is the one after the game because he's, he's an integral part of the defensive side of the game and um, he's, he's had a, a tremendous season. I think that we've said in the past that how lucky Ovalar to have such great goalkeepers and he's another one off the line. Looks so he's going to have a good future. Um, but obviously something's obviously happened and he's, he's got the better of him and we're now going to lose him for three games. And um, that's very, very disappointing because we haven't got, a, 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 you know, we've got a good second keeper for sure, but it's not the standard that we require, you know, to, uh, for the National League. He's, he's learning his trade and... Um, so just you know, and, uh, um, Rick and I saw um, Max Evans play in the yeah. um, the game against Woking because they started him in the FA Trophy. But unfortunately, yeah. I don't know if you'll if you sort of remember um, or uh, as much as I certainly do that I don't think he was really tested, was he? So you're still yet to really know what he can sort of bring to the game. Mm. Listen, wait, listen, listen. he's got mm. his opportunity now, and I really do hope that he takes it because you know. He, all these youngsters need need an opportunity, and you need to be able to take it. You know, and uh, as we know with Alexander, he's not getting an opportunity at the moment. He's desperate to go go and play play football the game he loves, like you know. So it's uh, so good luck to the lad. I um, hope he does well for the for the town. But it's uh, we're also we're losing like two players there, which is you know not with a massive squad, but a good squad. It's a little chink in the armor because we're on a real good run and um, losing three valuable points to a strong. You know, a strong side, but uh, a team that we could have still beaten, like so. And at a point when we lost that player, we, we were still level with them. And um, you know, it's, it's disappointing to lose that run, but it is only three points. We've got to be positive now, and the manager will be working on that for the next game. Paul, when you played, um, did you have a situation where, because of Christmas, there was always this local derby where you played the same team twice, home yeah. and away, within the space of a couple of days sort of thing. Did you find that it made yeah. an awful lot of difference to the performances? No, really, really hungry to get into the game. And um, I, when I first turned up, it was, um, I was in October, so it wasn't too long to wait for the, you know, for the first wave one. Unfortunately, we got a real drubbing down at Weymouth, but we got a, we got a fact well, for us a fantastic draw up at home, um, you know, because we weren't particularly great defensively at the time when I first turned up. We were shipping goals left, right, and centre, and we couldn't buy a win. So, um, so it, that that was uh, probably the start of our slight resurgence. But they, they we, listen. I, I I got told very very early how important these this Christmas period was, and. Um, you know, when you sort of like start playing, I was only 20 when I first started playing um, Yokel, and uh, you know, it was a massive, massive game. And um, um, so, so yeah, it's big. Yeah, you play them, play them on Boxing Day, and then played them on New Year's Day back in my day, and um, it, it was a huge, huge event. So, uh, and, and all the fans absolutely knew. You know, you know, they let you know about it before the game and certainly after the game as well, mm. which wasn't nice for the for the, the boxing day because that was pretty low. But, but having having lost having lost the first the game, game it was having lost the first game, Paul, did it give you it's, extra incentive to win the second? You 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 went out there with the desire because you knew against a great side. I mean, Andy Townsend playing for them and uh, certain other really good players and. Um, 
yeah, you 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 needed to be right on your game, and um, and you knew it was going to be a massive battle. Right? You know, it's uh, you know, I used to say that I used to say it. You know, it's a war. You win the war. You don't win the war, and we had to win the war. So. Yeah. Um, to come back, you felt a little bit more pressure, a little bit more nerves just before the game. But as soon as that game kicks off, and you hear that, you, you, you run out and you hear the crowd going. You know, you got a full house on that those games, and um, you know it really does get your, you know, get your, your juices flowing, and you can't wait for the first tackle. Was normally, you know, normally extremely hard and generally a booking. Because I don't know if you remember last year, Thorpe, but. Um... I can't remember the scoreline down at Playmore, but but Torquay absolutely battered Yeovil, and then you and I did the reverse fixture on the live stream because it was back behind closed doors. We and Wilkins got a last minute winner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I thought we battered them on that day as well. I mean, we played really, really well. I mean, it's a, these these you can't put any anomaly on these games. They're they're, they're totally different ninety minutes, you know, home and away. I mean, it's uh, you you just can't. There's, there's no structure to them, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's flat out 100, you know, 120 percent, um, flat out. And afterwards, you've known, you know, it takes you probably a day or two to get over the uh, over the aches and pains because you put your body. Don't, don't tell me why. I, I can't explain it because you should always put 100 to 120 percent into a game. But you know, you, the added maybe it's the adrenaline. Um, going for these uh, big games, um, you know, I've played in a Newport against Cardiff one. I mean, eighteen thousand people, at, you know, at uh, Newport's ground, and uh, you know, and it's it, it's just incredible the sound that, that comes. God knows what it's like at Liverpool or any of these top clubs on massive European nights and uh, and, and derby days. It's um, you know, so they're, they're, special, they're, they're, they're special days and. Um, you know, some of the cherish, but yeah, you you do put yourself through it, and um, uh, and uh, low be told you make make a big mistake. So uh, well, look, lads, I'm know, sorry um, to have to cut you off in the middle, but we are running out of time rapidly. My little clock's going around twenty to the dozen there, so I think it's suffice to say to wish everybody a happy new year. To uh, make yes. sure that your New Year's resolution include listening to regularly to Three Valleys Radio and don't forget our music programmes during the day which are also some people say quite good so um, have a listen to those as well and um, you know don't get absolutely totally gone over the top on New Year's Eve stay safe, safe fit don't get Covid Uh, thank you for listening to Three Valleys Radio throughout the year, keep it up have a new one and goodbye from us tonight